Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Support Wrestle Talk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Something about TLC, innit? What was it? Something about Daniel Bryan. There's been a shock return that we don't know of yet, Laurie. It's Daniel Bryan. (laughs) It's Daniel Bryan. Shock. TLC return. I'm so shocked. (laughs) He's back. He's got short hair and a lovely burgundy jumper. This is a great start. I am Trevor Pequenels. This is El Fake All Laurie Blake. Welcome to the Russell Talk live review of TLC, the last pay per view of the decade mm-hmm. in WWE. You almost think you would you would have done something bigger. For yeah, that. you'd think so. Um, but before we get into it, make sure to give us a like and a subscribe. Get in your suit suit super chats because they're back. We're going to be going through those after the main talking point and at the end of the show as well. And uh, go to WrestleTalkMerch.com to get merch. It's really good, even though we're not. Wearing Neither any right now, it, but, but it is very good, is promise. Uh, so go to WrestleTalkMerch.com, get some stuff. Uh, but let's get into talking about what we actually want to talk about, which is, uh, this happened during the Universal, uh, it wasn't a Universal Championship match, sorry. Universal Champion was in it though, Universal Bray Wyatt. Adjacent match. <laughs> yeah, Universal Adjacent match. Bray Wyatt was facing The Miz, and this was the first match where it was Bray Wyatt and not The Fiend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was actually... Really, really fun. I really liked Bray Wyatt's character work through this match. Yeah. That his, the extended Firefly Funhouse music, him coming out, taking selfies with the crowd, smiling all the time. I'm so excited Wait, for this guy. Lo- like... That was a bit where he's like, I'm really excited for this guy <laughs> on, the, on the eighth. I was like, that's brilliant. That's yeah. exactly what you want to be doing with this character. Yeah. Because also, yeah, you couldn't, you can't just keep having fiend matches. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really important to make Bray Wyatt a presence that can turn up to events and still get pops, even if you're not just going to do a Firefly Funhouse thing. So I thought this did a really good job of that. The match itself, weren't that bothered by. Like, yeah. I, I mean, mean, I get the kind of point of it, and I, like, they were grasping at this idea that, like, Bray's sort, sort of sorry about turning up to the Miz's house and doing mm-hmm. all these things because he's just trying to be friendly, but then he's also sort of, like... A little bit twisted, so he does also kind of want to beat the Miz up, and he does want to turn the Miz into yet another person who's changed dramatically by having mm-hmm. met uh, the Fiend or Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. I just didn't think it worked. I thought the Miz's sort of uh, 
his beatdown that he put on Bray just went on too long. It didn't yeah. really make enough sense. Like, yeah. I feel like we could have just skipped the match mm-hmm. and just done the reveal at the end. Yeah. that's what it was for. Exactly, yeah. And I think I think it makes sense for Bray to just be like, so, are you, are you ready to fight? And then Miz just kind of beats him down for like, you know, 10 seconds or something. And Bray's like, oh, you want to fight? Oh, okay, well, I'll just win now then. Yeah. And I think that would have been fine. But the, the beatdown went on for like five minutes of Miz just beating him down and Bray, Bray did some good character work like he was laughing during the whole beatdown and stuff and he was enjoying himself and then suddenly he'd be very serious and he'd do like a Sister Abigail and he'd be like oh yeah, serious Bray and then he'd start smiling again and be like hey happy go fun happy go lucky Bray yeah, yeah I think it should have it should have more been like the, the, the point should have been basically the Miz is becoming the person that Bray wants him to become but then mm-hmm. Bray just goes enough and then it's like I'm done now and then yeah. you're finished it's over mm-hmm. I'm really sorry again really sorry but he, he told me to do but, it. Yeah, exactly. Which I thought that was a cool moment where it cuts to the mm-hmm. screen and the fiend is on screen and he's like, doesn't say anything. He's just staring at Bray. So we're now supposed to believe that fiend is also a separate person? Two different people. I don't know. Just don't question it. Is what no, I, say I, for that's, that. I think that's the yeah, best thing to do is not ask any questions whatsoever. Yeah. But I liked the bit where he was like, he's here, he's here, when the lights were going out and all mm-hmm. that stuff was happening. I loved the bits where he was like, um, yeah, he's, he looks at the screen and he goes, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. Goes outside and when he lifts the apron up and he goes, whee! <laughs> like, just, I, I think the character is just flipping amazing. He's and, so good at it, yeah. Like, I, I just, I kind of just wish he wasn't a wrestler. Yeah, that, like, that, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't have to do wrestling because every time he has to do a wrestling, it kind of lets him down mm-hmm. because it doesn't make sense for what he's doing so brilliantly as a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Uh, and he gets out, as Michael Cole called it, some kind of giant mallet, which mm. Ollie and Luke turned into a meme on their edited review. <laughs> and in the main event, they got some kind of rope, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, some kind of giant mallet. Uh, you know, the, the big cartoony square one that he used at Helen a Cell against Rollins and stuff and he's gonna go hit Miz with it which is when the lights cut out he gets very excited he goes he's here he's here and he starts like you know going around and stuff but it's not the fiend it's only bloody Daniel Bryan who comes out hood up and he hits a running knee onto Bray and he kind of soaks in the crowd for a minute and the camera pans into his face and you can see he's got a shaved beard now and he takes the hood off he's got a shaved head shaved beard and it's it's strange to think that in 2010 and in 2020 Daniel Bryan looks the same <laughs> he's got the same getup. Uh, he's had a big evolution of character, but he's basically the same. It's like American <laughs> Dragon. Uh, yeah, Daniel Bryan coming back. Exactly. Wicked. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, lo- he looks really good, honestly, yeah. with the with the short hair, short beard. So there's a young man who's been living in there for, <laughs> this like, whole time. Years. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, he man- he beats down Wyatt some more afterwards. He does some kicks, does some drop kicks, does another running knee, mm-hmm. and it looks like he's gonna hit Bray Wyatt with the big mallet, with the some kind of mallet, and as he's doing that, lights cut out, lights come back well, on. Some and sort of power cut. Some sort of power cut. And Bray Wyatt is gone. Ooh. And then Daniel Bryan just goes, okay, and then hits the ring. And it was yeah. like, yes, that yes, was, that yes. Would be like, it's, it's an a, awkward it's, pause. It's a real mallet. Yeah, it's real. It's I promise. Mallet. It would have killed him. Mm. And then he does the yes chant. Crowd joins in. Crowd were really weird the whole night. They were really dead for some stuff and then really into other bits. Like the yes chant, super into it. Every oh, yeah. every crowd loves a yes chant. But it was like when uh, when Daniel Bryan grabbed uh, Wyatt's arms and was going to do the stomps on his face. As soon as he grabbed the arms, the crowd would just went like, <sighs> just just cut out and did nothing. I was like, guys, be excited. He's going to beat up Bray Wyatt. They don't like the face stomps. No, apparently not. Um, but yes, and he just does a yes chant. 
and the segment just ends. Um, I really liked Bray Wyatt's character work. I really liked Daniel Bryan's return and his mm-hmm. new look and his kind of reinvigorated character. Um, I was really in to Bray Wyatt versus The Miz. The last two weeks on SmackDown have been an amazing build. Mm-hmm. I think probably the best out of any fiend rivalry that he's had. Yeah. Those two weeks with Miz were really, really All good. All the creepy stuff in Monroe Sky was mm-hmm. really cool. It was awesome, like, It was like yeah. paranormal activity. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Really, I thought it was really smart. Really, really cool. But the match itself wasn't great. No. I, I think it either needed to be more intense with the beatdown and shorter... Or it just needed to be a different match that wasn't Miz well, beating down Bray. Maybe, yeah, and that's the thing is like, but because again, because they've booked it into a corner where it's like we want to do the Daniel Bryan return, so it can't be for the title. Mm-hmm. It can't be the Fiend. Yep. Like there are so many layers here that you have to be. You have to like pick out all the stuff that would have made it made the match itself good. Mm-hmm. To be like, okay, well, and then because Daniel Bryan's coming back, it can't be these things because you can't have Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan can't show up and kick the Fiend's face off. Yeah, he can beat up Bray. Mm-hmm. Um. Because otherwise, what we're building to at WrestleMania, if that's if that's where this is going, if it's going to a Daniel Bryan versus The Fiend for the Universal title at Mania, then, mm-hmm. it, you know, we need to make that feel like there are stakes to it. But Daniel Bryan showing up now, kicking the face off The Fiend, people just go, well, he's going to win it, isn't he? He's going to win, yeah. So I guess here, like, I don't know, like, I feel like my ideal booking of The Miz match would have been Bray comes out like he's not taking it seriously. Miz beats him down. Bray won't fight him. He's just, like, sort of apologizing, begging off, and then... Do 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 do. Mm-hmm. Lights go out. Fiend appears. Mm-hmm. Like how, I don't know how quickly Bray Wyatt can change clothes, but ideally very quickly. <laughs> Fiend appears. It's tearaway pants. Fiend's, He's got it on underneath. Fiend's the one that just puts Miz down. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Like if you could do some version of that, would be my ideal. Mm. That would be very interesting. Yeah. I, I. I think it was still very effective for what it needed to do, which mm-hmm. was it still built up Bray Wyatt, and you. You got the debut of Bray Wyatt in the ring rather than The Fiend. And I think that was done very, very well. And it got Daniel Bryan to come back. He still looks strong and he's got a new character. So for those two things, that was really the main point of this match. I think it worked really well. And it's extended their feud out to possibly Royal Rumble, possibly Mania. I think Mania would be too long Mm -hmm. to have this feud go until April. I think it's way too long. So I'm hoping this kind of culminates at Royal Rumble. And then they have... It's probably going to be Roman Reigns because I think Reigns is going to win the Rumble and then he's going to challenge the Fiend at WrestleMania, I think. And I mean, I don't really want to see Reigns beat the Fiend at Mania. No. However, that is a long title reign for Bray Wyatt already from Crown Jewel. was Crown Jewel, wasn't it? Yeah. When he won it. To WrestleMania. That's That's a lengthy title reign. That would be a solid reign for the feud. And I know a lot of people would want it to be longer than that. I think it would be okay if Reigns won at Mania. Maybe. <laughs> no, it'd never be okay. Um, <laughs> Fans wouldn't think it would be okay. I, I, I just, I just, my, I, I guess my other like uh, reservation about this is like, should we have just done Daniel Blake? Should we just have chucked away the yes chant and stuff? And like, I feel like that's a moment you could have really built to, and they were mm. building to it, and then they did the, you know, fiend drags him to hell and shaves yeah. his head, hell's favorite barber Rips shop or whatever his it's hair called. Out, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like all of that stuff. Great, but mm-hmm. maybe we should just have this sort of unhinged Daniel Bryan return yeah. where he's like a hard ass for a bit and he's like just beating people down. And mm-hmm. then that's when he starts to sort of feel the yes movement and he's, mm-hmm. that's when he, ne- he needs that to beat Bray Wyatt. I think that would work if they were building the feud till Mania. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping since Bryan came back and attacked Bray, I'm hoping that this feud only goes until Royal Rumble. Yeah. So I, th- I think that makes sense for he's back, he doesn't like Bray, they need to have a match. 
The next time they're going to do it is at Royal Rumble. I think if if Brian came back and was kind of more demented or you know started attacking other people, if he beat up Miz instead of Bray mm-hmm. or something like that, then that could be an extended feud where Bray would go off and feud with someone else and you know, Daniel Bryan would either be feuding with The Miz via Bray yeah. or he'd be accompanying Bray or something like that. And then he'd turn and then at Mania, it's Bray versus Daniel. But I think because Daniel came back and attacked Bray, they're just going to do it at Royal Rumble, which is what I hope anyway, because I don't want them to do mm. this feud for too long. So I'm hoping with another, how long have they got, what, like six weeks till the Rumble-ish? I think they can make a very, very, very good story out of Bray versus Bryan. Mm. I'm thoroughly excited for it. And it's great to see Daniel back. Yeah, I really enjoy, I like I enjoyed their uh, their last match immensely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm really I'm really keen to see what they do in the build up to this new one, and I'm also keen to see like whether the the curse of Bray or the fiend carries on as well, and they do like another. Is the Miz going to have some sort of character mm. turn now because he's see, fallen foul of? That's the question, though. Is it the fiend that changes people, or, or is, it Bray? is it Bray Wyatt? Because he faced Bray Wyatt and not The Fiend. So if Miz doesn't change, then you've still got, no, it's The Fiend that changes yeah, people. Yeah. But if Miz does change, you go, well, it's Bray Wyatt that changes people. Mm. And you, you could have it both ways, and it still works, whether Miz changes or not. So I think, I think it's still going to be good regardless. Mm-hmm. I think it works. Anyway, let's see what you guys thought. Let's get into some uh, some super chats. Uh, Wilson Simon said, uh, Brian and Vinny really didn't like the Bray match. I don't know why. I thought it was excellent storytelling. <clears throat> I think the character work was very good. And I think Miz sold the emotion of it quite well. Like, when it started the match, the bell rang and he kind of just wailed on Bray. Like you would if you were actually, like, genuinely angry. But I think the match, the match itself wasn't great because it went too long. I think it should have been a much more condensed yeah, version of what it was. I don't think it looked as quite as vicious as the story was telling me it was. Yes. I, I like it. It, yes. looked, it looked like wrestling moves being done by mm. a wrestler yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. with slightly more speed than usual. It didn't feel like an actual, I'm legitimately trying to kill you. Yeah. Like it just was, I'm, you know, like Miz even did like Daniel Bryan style spots, mm-hmm. but slower and not as good as Daniel Bryan so it was that yeah. sort of thing of like it, it just didn't it lacked the impact yes exactly yeah uh, king of soft style uh, Fritz and a bunch of numbers and letters um, very intriguing psychology in the mismatch unfortunately the live crowd can't see his masochist facial expressions which is why they probably didn't care I'm pretty sure they can because the whatever feed that we're seeing at home mm. is on the titantron during the matches I believe anyway um, and they've got, and they've had an amazing promo package play totally. as well, which I think that that was a really amazing little summation of the story, and mm. really made you feel like you got the idea that Miz was going to be incredibly pissed off in this match. Yeah, uh, and I mean, <clears throat> I think it was just a bad crowd. <laughs> I just, yeah. I just don't think they were particularly into a lot of things that on, on this night. Um, we'll do a couple of TLC general uh, super chats. Jobber JJ said, uh, "How did no one recognize that something was wrong with Kyrie? Uh, Charlotte, the babyface, focused on her spots, and I seriously hope Kyrie is okay. Babyface is a geeks. Um, yeah, we're going to come on to that later when we talk about the rest of the show. But uh, yeah, that was uh, an uncomfortable few minutes towards the end of that mm-hmm. match. That was uh, that was quite something." Uh, Metal Bear said I only tuned in for the last match and reaction uh, Flair was completely unprofessional bad luck for the most pushed female talent match was a disaster um, I think the first half of it was fine 
when Kyrie got knocked a bit loopy, that's when it started to really get derailed. Um, but as I said, we'll talk about that more later I still when we talk thought, about the rest of the show. I still thought it was a good match. I still thought they managed to pull something together mm-hmm. in the face of adversity. Yes. However, yeah, I mean, that also, there was a sacrifice that was made there, and that might have been Kyrie. Totally. Uh, we'll do one more before we get into the rest of the show. Uh, Nate Drop's surname said, uh, seemed everything Asuka did towards Charlotte was extra stiff after that table spot, possibly a receipt to stick up for the injured Kyrie. It's possible. Uh, it could be that Asuka was just kind of tapping into her, you know, more stiff style that she likes to wrestle just because it was later on in the match. I don't think Asuka, Higher stakes. Like, I, don't know. Asuka, I thought that when Asuka runs up and does the big German. Mm-hmm. But she hasn't spoken to Kyrie before that. Yeah, that's like, true. It's, only, it's after she does the big German that she mm. then runs up and she's like, hey, you are okay? you okay? Kyrie's like, Hell Absolutely no. not. No. no. I'm lying no, in the no, wreckage I'm of dead. a table right now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's possible, but I think Asuka was a true professional and absolutely carried that match as well yep. after, after that spot. So uh, I don't think so necessarily. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Anyway, let's get into the rest of the show. Uh, we'll start with the pre-show match, which was announced a few hours before it aired, which was Umberto Carrillo versus Andrade. Um, and uh, I noticed this is a great quote from Jerry to kick things off mm-hmm. as uh, Umberto's making his entrance. What a night it's going to be. I can't wait to... Good stuff, Jerry. Great quote, mate. Great, good stuff, Jerry. Great commentary. 
I just, it. yeah, this and this is a rematch off Raw, and it's on the pre-show, mm-hmm. and it's Andrade only fights people who are Mexican now. <laughs> so I don't know. It's I was just like this. This is uninteresting. Uh, this is uninspired booking. Uninspired booking. I thought it was a great match. It was still actually. I still thought it was a very good match. Yeah. I mean, and that's. I think that's the thing. Is like actually, what were there was a couple of matches on the show that were actually for that had stakes mm-hmm. and they were for something, or they actually had a feud built around them, and most of them weren't very good. Mm-hmm. And then there were a lot of matches that weren't really about anything that were just really, really it's good. Really like they good. were just like, ah, they're just two guys, <laughs> just they're just fighting. Just, just, just it just two. looks nice when they fight. Yeah, and I just this was this was one of those matches. It was just two dudes. Yeah, uh, there was some really nice near falls in this match as well. That there was even an holy s word chant. I think the crowd were into yeah. like the first three matches this night, including the pre-show, and then mm-hmm. after that they just kind of. Nose-sized. Yeah, so that was. I thought that was the big. That was like the big spot where Andrade does the his uh, top rope double stomp mm-hmm. spot, but Carrillo is hanging on the outside uh, on the tree of woe, and Andrade gets up on the post mm-hmm. and then does it from there onto the and apron. Then he, yeah. Onto the apron, and then everyone was just going nuts for that. I thought that mm-hmm. was a wicked spot. It was a great um, spot. Another one that I. Saw because Andrade gets cut open at one point in this match quite early actually yeah yeah and I didn't know whether this was just like brilliant character work or him just being a wrestler and being like no leave me alone I want to finish the match mm-hmm. but the referee goes to get the gloves out and he goes yeah. to go touch Andrade and Andrade just pushes him away like <laughs> just go away get like, off me and I, I but I felt like that was very fitting for the Andrade character to be like obviously get off me I'm busy mm-hmm. um I yeah I just thought it was great yeah it was really really good not great that he's bleeding but great that, yeah. yeah. Great that he sold it well. Uh, there's a really nice sequence with two with, when they just went back and forth with loads and loads of counters. And it was like, <coughs> here's a back fist. No, I missed it. Here's this back elbow. No, I missed that. Here's this kick. Oh, you've ducked it. Uh, you've ducked it. And then it keeps coming back and back and back. And then Andrade just hits a massive clothesline. I was like, oh, that's such a cool sequence. Mm. And then they did the double tease of the knocking Zelina Vega off the mm-hmm. apron, which is what happened on Raw, yeah. which has kind of caused a rift to form between them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen. Uh, but then that allows Korea to sort of fire back. He hits a big inverted runner off the top rope, mm-hmm. then hits a big moonsault and picks up the one, two, that three. That moonsault was beautiful. Yeah. I like Good the fact that he God. just had like, he had both his little pinkies up. <laughs> there is wings. That was it. He was like, he I'm gonna ro- well, I'm going to rotate around this point. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was an amazing, amazing looking moonsault, mm. and uh, Carrillo gets the win. Uh, but then after the match, Zelina comes in, and they're kind of going, blah, 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 blah. and then Andrade just goes, screw you, mm-hmm. and then walks away away from her. Really hope they don't split up Andrade and Zelina, because I think they're great together. I think it's weird to split them up before having done anything with them, <laughs> yeah. uh, which, is, which would be my argument, because yeah. it's not like, unless you've got plans for Zelina Vega in the women's division, which mm-hmm. maybe they do. Maybe they do. Um, yeah, I don't really know what else they're going to do with her unless they give her to someone else as like a, she's now somebody else's manager. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess that my opinion should, I feel, feel like my opinion for Andrade and Zelina would be like, put a belt on them at least for a yeah. bit. Like, he, Andrade feels like a US champion just like waiting to happen. Exactly. Yeah. That, that, and that's what he is. And, and mm. I think Zelina would be the perfect person to aid him with that. And we've seen how great she can be on NXT, but they've just not allowed her to do anything on the main roster. Mm-hmm. And now they're just like, well, you guys aren't getting over, are you? It's, like, well, it's not her fault. <laughs> She's well, not done anything. But I think that but it's that same argument, though. It's like Andrade's being put over as a heel, but just against faces that nobody cares about. So mm-hmm. it's like Carrillo, who. WWE themselves were like, nah, we're nah, going to stop that. doing that push. Yeah. So I guess it's to, it just falls straight back into that category of just like, 
you're you're not going to get over if you're not in important matches yeah. and you're not against important people. Like I think the the obvious answer to make here is like um, King Corbin versus Roman Reigns. It's like mm-hmm. two people that I feel like everyone had their fill of seeing, and people were really into this match on the night. Like despite the build, yeah. despite all the stuff that happened leading up to it, but you know people were into the idea of we boo King Corbin and we don't like him. Yeah, and because of that. We also cheer everything Roman Reigns does. So, mm-hmm. like in that same breath, if you put Andrade in the ring with somebody people cheer for, people are going to boo him for the right reasons. Yes, exactly, which is what they need to do. Anyway, we've probably spent far too much time on that match. Let's talk about something else that was really, 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 really good. The New Day versus the Revival mm-hmm. in a ladder match to kick off the main show was so much fun. Good God, this was awesome. I love the fact that the Revival, who are all about Old school throwback wrestling, no flips, just fists. It's them just kind of grounding and pounding, beating you down. They took the ladder match, which is traditionally quite a high fly, spotty kind of match, and they said, no, we're just going to use the ladder as a weapon for this one. Mm-hmm. And like they were shoving ladders into Biggie's penis. It was awesome. It's like little things where. Into his big ending. Into his big ending. And the, it's like when Kofi, they had it on the apron. Kofi went for a baseball slide for it, so they lifted up the ladder. Kofi slid halfway out the ring, and they went. Clunk! Oh, <laughs> trapped was, him underneath that was, that it. Was that was, was so good. That was after they put it on the apron to try and whip him into it, and he just dive. I don't know. He did a roly poly through the rope, through the through the bottom rope, but like yeah, in a mid but over a ladder, yeah, and then did it the slide, and they slammed him into it. Yeah, and then, it was great. Then he did the same thing on the outside, jumped over the ladder mm-hmm. and them, and then did the splash off the top, clattering everyone. Yeah, Kofi was amazing in this match. So I mean, so good. <clears throat> not carried it. But was the obvious star here. Like, yes. you, you can, obviously, as much as WWE have attempted to kill Kofi Mania, I don't think Kofi Mania is quite as dead as they believe. Yeah. And seeing Kofi in this match, and I think the other guys did an amazing job of being like, we're going to do all these things that let you have the opportunity to shine. Because mm-hmm. he just looked awesome. He looked like, there was the, so um, good. There was a point where they like tip a ladder over with him on it, and he ends up stood on the top rope for a second, and then jumps into a, a tornado DDT, bounces up, ducks a ducks a strike, and then just hits trouble in paradise, and everyone just went, Kofi! <laughs> this is why we love Kofi yeah. Mania! Yeah, everyone went nuts. Yeah, it was awesome. So, so cool. But then after that, <coughs> after that amazing tornado DDT and the trouble in paradise, Revival come back and hit a shatter machine off the ladder. Like, oh my god, mm-hmm. this is great. Um, <laughs> Biggie fired back, got Wilder onto the apron, and hit the Biggest spear he has ever hit in his oh, life. Yeah. He was not stopping. It was the cleanest spear because he always does the one where he dives out the ring and spears them off the apron while he goes. And it always looks super dangerous because he always comes and he like clips his feet on the ropes as he comes out and yeah, he, like yeah. halfway going down. This one he just went straight out. He was like, "I'm going. You full, are coming with me." Full velocity. It yeah. was amazing. Um, he manages to set up like a really convoluted setup. He gets the bridge with the ladder in the ring and. Uh, but then Dawson suplexes Biggie onto the ladder, sort of, and it was just kind of Biggie's shoulder that hit the ladder, and then he fell, falls off onto the floor. But they managed to get him back on, and then Wilder su- uh, splashes Biggie mm-hmm. through the ladder, which snaps. Another amazing spot. Uh, Kofi manages to springboard from the outside onto a ladder that's being climbed by the revolver on the other side, the which Montez is great. The Montez Ford spot. The Montez Ford spot. Uh, but then he gets caught inside the ladder. So his legs are on the inside, and he's sitting on the rung. And then they kind of like lay him out. So he's just kind of lying in free fall 
at, on this ladder, which is yeah. just like a really like inventive spot. It was such a powerful image, I thought, as well. Like it was like it just really sold the sort of desperation of New Day in this moment. Like mm-hmm. just Kofi crucifixed up there. Like it was wicked. And then Big E climbs, hits a big ending oh. off the ladder. Oh, great spot. But effectively removing himself from the argument as uh, I think it was Dawson still up the ladder. Yes, it was. He's going yeah. for the belts. Kofi manages to wake up, gets hold of the titles. Clocks him in the face. He falls back through the ladder, which this is the finish from the uh, Adam Cole Dijak mm-hmm. ladder match. Yeah. The bonk, yep. and off you go. But the thing is, he fell through the ladder that was already broken. Oh, yeah. He, like, just, fell into, he just fell into a bed of splinters. <laughs> like, that's got to hurt so much more. <coughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, now it's just Kofi at the top of the ladder. He just takes off the titles and wins. It was such a great match. Yeah. Great. It really made the crowd come alive. It was a great start to the show. Um, probably the best match of the night, possibly. Although the next match is also a contender for that. Yeah, it does want to give it a run because money. bloody hell! After a quick uh, backstage interview with King Corbin, he says exactly the same thing he's always been saying. He's beaten Reigns mentally tonight. He's going to beat him physically. Sure, whatever. I'm the dog whisperer. <sighs> then we get Buddy Murphy versus Alistair Black. Oh man, I love this match. In what was known as a match. It was such a good match. Yeah. This, I think, in front of a different crowd would be like match of the year contender. Mm-hmm. I think the crowd really weren't as into it as and I'm and I'm not saying that like you should be into this match crowd, do better. But I think if this was in front of like an NXT crowd, it would have been like yeah. absolute fire from from the crowd. I think people are people are still in the mindset of Alistair Black that they do just want to see him kick someone's head off. Mm-hmm. And maybe WWE needs to on TV, redo that with him. Possibly, yeah. Like, I think the thing is, since he's gone to Raw, he's not really done that for, like, you know, at all. He's had ages. a lot of really good matches and then hits the Black Mass and everyone goes crazy. But, like, on NXT, they spent ages positioning him as this, like, Goldberg figure mm-hmm. of, like, he comes out and he has 30-second matches and then people on NXT were annoyed when he had longer matches because they were like, oh, well, I just want to see him kick I want to see the Black Mass. And I think you get that same pop here when he hits the Black Mass out of nowhere. Everyone goes, oh, yeah. like, and I, I just think you might as well have spent time just b- baking that in with people. And then every match he has where it's a bit harder for him to do it, people become more invested because mm-hmm. they want to see him win. Yeah, exactly. Whereas he's actually just been sat in a room, locked away for months. Yeah. And he was locked Doing away nothing. for months before that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. like, he, he, you know, this is this is just a match of, like, a guy that's really popular despite what WWE have actually done with him since he went to Raw. Yeah, exactly. The um, the match starts with Black going for a Black Mass mm-hmm. and Murphy rolling out the way, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm already excited for this. Uh, and this was such a quick match. Yeah. These guys are so talented. I'm not going to go through every spot because there was loads, but there was so much of just like sequences of counters and reversals and strikes and and stiff shots and then uh black gets busted open it's like his nose is profusely bleeding like for most of the match and the commentators are putting over that murphy's working over black's jaw and all the time he's hitting like a knee strike and the commentators like remember that jaw he keeps working over the jaw and he'll hit a thing where he'll like i don't know snake eyes him on on the turnbuckle and be like and again to the jaw i think the commentators mm. did a really good job of putting over murphy is targeting this thing so when he does his normal things, which is knee strikes normally to yeah. the face, it actually adds that extra layer to it yeah. of he's actually working over that body part rather than it's a cool knee strike. And there were some fun little inventive ones in here as mm. well. There was like the, he, Black goes for a PK on the outside and Murphy catches the leg, but then uses it to bend 
Black's face into the top turnbuckle, but mm-hmm. then he jumps up the steps, grabs him, and slams him down onto the steps as well. Like, I just thought they they had really good chemistry. Yep. They're both really, really good. So good. I just kind of wish both of them had actually been built as proper characters before having this match because this could have been like a US title, intercontinental title match. Easily. Easily. Like this this could have been like leading the mid card. And instead yeah. we've got like Rusev versus Lashley mm-hmm. over Lana rather than like, you know, this for a belt. Yeah, exactly. I just, think, yeah. I just think it's a bit like like to sit on something, to sit on two talents like this and not bother to make them characters mm-hmm. feels a bit dumb. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it, there was an amazing bit. Uh, I think one of my favorite bits was this. He does this push kick to Murphy, mm-hmm. like shoves him back with his foot. And Murphy hits the bottom rope to bounce back. No, middle rope to bounce middle back. Middle rope, yeah. But he comes back at such speed and Black's already like in the air going, ah, he's <laughs> And he does not stop. No. That knee strike, he could he could have gone to bloody China and he that still was, would have hit that him. That was like, going through him. It was, it was straight through. It was awesome. Yeah, it's a wicked match. Yeah. Uh, I wrote here at one point, I've missed Alistair Black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good God, he's so good. And the finish, I thought the finish sold it really well. The finish was, was like, awesome. I think the the key was that this was, this was a fairly even match mm-hmm. I think, between two of them. And Black was obviously fighting from sort of behind in terms of injury in general. I love the bit where it just breaks down into a striking contest and Mm -hmm. they both just start hitting their combination moves and then they both miss the last final segment, but Murphy misses his last, Mm -hmm. going for that step-up knee after the stomp on the foot. And Black just spins around and just goes, Black Mass. Black Mass. Because I can. And it's just like, it's that sort of like, oh, if there's any space in what you're doing, Mm -hmm. I'm going to put one of these in. Exactly. there you are. Yeah, it was amazing. Crowd popped for it. I thought it was such a beautiful ending sequence. Mm. Black Mass for the wing. And oh, I- no, sorry. Uh, one thing we need to talk about mm. before we even get to the match. Sure. The moment at the entrances, when Murphy sat in the center of the ring. And oh, Black, God, yes. Black goes up the apron and he walks up one side where mm-hmm. he normally goes to go in. And I love the fact he's pretended he's not seen Murphy sat in his position in the yeah. middle of the ring. And he gets halfway up there and he just goes... He's doing what I do. <laughs> He's doing my thing. That's my thing. So he goes around the other side of the ring and then does his roll in just to end up sat cross-legged face to face. And already, before the match was even started, I'm like, this feels big time. Super, like, that felt super big time. Crowd loved that moment. I love that moment. I love also the, just the framing of it. It's like these are two equals. Like mm-hmm. this, I don't know. I yeah. think both of them are exceptional. Yes. And they should be doing this match for... One Ever. of the championships. <laughs> like, they just should be. I just, I just think this should be so much further up the card, and it shouldn't be about. Yeah. Oh, you knocked on my door. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, uh, trying to get some kids back for playing knockdown ginger. But, but most importantly, they have really good supercard stats, and that's what the match was <coughs> about. Really, there was a few matches in this show, wasn't there? That were yeah. really about uh, a sponsorship. Charlie Caruso is backstage with Rusev, and Rusev is saying that Lana's going to have to pick the splinters out of Lashley's back later, and then he says, I'm single now, but I'm not alone because every day is Rusev day. Cool! Hey, hey the be- Well, the best bit was when she said, how are you feeling now that your divorce has come through? And he went, <laughs> I'm elated! I'm elated! Or, sorry, how, how, are you feeling about the new- like how are you feeling about the news that Lana's going to get married to Bobby Lashley? He's like, I'm elated because as soon as she's married, I don't have to pay, pay alimony. alimony. Exactly. Yeah. I just thought that was, that was wicked. Great. Uh, but then we get Viking Raiders doing their open challenge for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Uh, <laughs> there were four fans at ringside. 
Eating a twenty dollars eating a twenty dollar bucket of KFC. Fans at I a can't special do. KFC table. I can't do enough air quotes around fans. This was horse. <laughs> it was <laughs> bad. Absolute oh my god. Bull crap. Uh, anyway. This was uh, you just look at the table, you're like, well, Someone's getting covered in gravy, aren't they? Yeah. So we've done dog food recently, and yep. now we're doing gravy doing and gravy mashed potatoes. Gravy and chicken. Sure. But, like, I just, I get the fact that you have sponsorships. I get mm-hmm. the fact that you wanted to do this segment to, uh, like, and it putting people through a table full of food is quite fun. It's quite a fun wrestling thing mm-hmm. to do. However, to then dominate the entire match that's happening between two really good tag teams, your bloody champions mm-hmm. on Raw. And to spend the entire time talking about chicken yeah. <laughs> is unbelievably stupid. Uh, and it's like, I understand the need for sponsorships. I mean, hell, we get sponsored quite a lot. But I always feel like whenever we're doing sponsorships, we don't interrupt what we're doing. And we don't cover our content with the sponsorship. It's not like we're halfway through talking about this match and suddenly we'll go, and a sponsorship right now. Mm. We'll find good points to put them in, like, between matches. I think it's a great time for a sponsorship. Yeah. Not having it be the focus of a bloody match. It but was also, really it, annoying. You didn't need to have KFC on the table. You could have just had, like... <laughs> yeah. If you're sponsored by KFC, just have loads of tables covered with KFC tablecloths. Like, I don't... Yeah. It doesn't need to be so literal. Like, mm-hmm. they're actually eating KFC. And it's four fans at ringside. The Colonel's actually here. God, Jesus, yeah. Uh, anyway, Viking Colonel Raiders come out. The champion on uh, Screenstalkers. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so I did think that was, I was like, they are stealing our ideas. Cornell Sanders, And then somebody yeah. sent me a gif of Elmo doing a Canadian Destroyer. And I was like, well, <laughs> Elmo's also in our league. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Viking Raiders come out and cut a quick promo saying, let the raid begin and all that. <coughs> the OC come out to answer the challenge, which is annoying because I thought it would be AOP. Um, but they just showed an AOP video package before this as well, and Rollins turning you and joining AOP and all that. And then I was like, oh, that means it's going to be AOP answering. Nope, it's the OC. No, no. Um, but then OC cut and cut a promo. Great promo. It, it started off pretty pants because the crowd weren't reacting to anything. It goes, and Minnesota's bad. And yeah. then the crowd were like, boom. No, but I like that's that. where we are. I liked that. I, I, again, it's the OC's jam to be like, not good at put downs. Yeah, I think like yeah, to be yeah. like, oh, doing an open challenge is so lame ski. Lame ski. And he was like, do you know what else is lame? Minnesota. Minnesota. I just I loved how silly it was. I like lo- but then I thought it like it turned into a sensible argument for why you should be allowed to have the match. Because he was mm-hmm. like, well we're the best tag team in the world. So we mm-hmm. want to defend our uh position as the best tag team in the world mm-hmm. and you obviously want to avenge your only loss mm-hmm. which was losing to us yeah and i just thought that was really cleverly told yeah and then he turns around and goes see you babe to the trophy <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, just yeah. walks off to the ring which I, I just think they're great i think they should talk yeah. be allowed to talk more exactly yeah uh, and he's like look at this trophy you don't have a trophy. Uh, it's a, a really nice line from Anderson. There was a, 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 a post-show 
WWE.com exclusive promo that they did from, I don't know if it was this Monday or the Monday before. Yeah. But it was just the OC being hilarious with AJ as well. It was when Randy Orton came in and distracted AJ and then rolled out the ring. And afterwards, the OC, the interviewer is asking about Randy Orton. As soon as he mentions the name Randy Orton, AJ just loses it. He goes, Randy Orton! Like going around like proper like mad. And, and then he's just like, he's a terrible person. He's a terrible person. And all like the OC are going back and forth. And he's like, he hates kids. He hates them. <laughs> like it's, it's so funny. They are so charismatic, but they don't get the chance to do that very often. Mm-hmm. I think if they're let off the chain and just go, go be yourselves out there, they would yeah. be amazing well because the problem is if you went go be yourselves out there we go back to two years ago when they didn't have anything for them to do yeah before uh they got to rejoin with aj and then they were just weirdly backstage calling everyone nerds all the time yeah yeah, yeah. it was like it was like you were interrupting something they were already doing Mm -hmm. which was definitely what the oc were up to for (laughs) a very long time this match was fine like i think my, my like my review of this would be it was exactly the sort of thing you would expect from Two people having a match that was mostly about KFC. Yeah, um, it, it was a TV match, as well. Yeah, say. it was. It, it was. They, everyone did their bits. Yeah, um, and then chicken happened. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ivar did a little flip to the outside, like going over the top rope, kind of like Ric Flair used to do. And Jerry Lawler just goes, "Huh, that was like Ric Flair." And it's like Jerry was like, "Oh my god, that's a thing I recognise. Yeah. What is this from my era of wrestling?" <laughs> yeah, it was literally that. Yeah, uh, but the finish came, which was a bit pants, which was. Uh, Ivar does a dive to the outside, and it's a double count out, everybody! Yeah. Woohoo! Oh, yeah. Um, the crowd chant bull S word, which is fair, and then they keep brawling after the bell, and the Viking Raiders go to put, they drag the KFC table to the ramp. Uh, the fans take their chicken with them, and then Eric clears off the table and then puts anderson through the table it's like the fun bit is putting him through the food and you've just yeah. cleared off all the food yeah, but you don't want to get stabbed with the chicken bone do you? it's true yeah they are very sharp i, um, just, I like the fact that there was this there was one of the fans who when fans. when they grabbed the table from them mm-hmm. everyone else just gathered their food up and held it and he gathered his food up held it and carried on <laughs> and <eating>. carried on eating it's <laughs> great uh yeah food. i don't know yeah like. i mean if you're getting paid for it why not um yeah so that, that match just ended with a double dq and through the table uh which i think is stupid yes I, it's, like, it's bad finish. one i don't think you should be doing open challenges on a pay-per-view mm-hmm. i think you should be using that to use to actually do feuds i think the viking raiders need some i don't know maybe a tank team to actually go against that's going to be important maybe a story like at some point because this 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 feels like the start of a story right like mm-hmm. now they're you know the, the Viking Raiders need to avenge themselves against uh, the OC for that loss. Mm-hmm. Clearly, we've now built to this sort of idea that they're the Raw Tag Team Champions and these are the best tag team in the world. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they're evenly matched, and that's why we got a double double count out. Yeah, but this could have all come from I don't know a segment on Raw, and we could have built to this for a while of the OC saying like we're the best tag team in the world. Yeah, we need an opportunity at your titles because they belong to us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway, Caleb Braxton's backstage again with The Miz. Uh, Miz says that he's moved his family to an undisclosed location. He gets really fired up, says that Wyatt's violated the sanctity of his home, says that he's fighting yes. as a man, as a husband, as a protector of his family, which I thought was great stuff. Mm-hmm. Bloody love a good Miz promo. He's great. What was not so great was Roman Reigns versus Baron <laughs> Corbin. <laughs> I didn't mind the match. I wasn't overly against it. I Corbin came out on his sedan chair and all that, which is fun. Uh, but then he picks up a microphone and I, go, and I went, oh, for God's sake, what is this, SmackDown? Why mm. does he get a promo? Uh, and it ju- and it's a completely pointless promo as well because he just says, 
he's going to make Roman bend the knee. It's like, yeah, we already know that. Yeah, but he's... But the point is because it's it winds people up. I know. And the fact that you're like this means it's working. It's no. Not, yeah, no, it is. Because as soon as he picked up the microphone, everyone was like, oh, shut up. But that's and the it, thing, though. It didn't make me want to see Roman come out and beat him up. I was like, I really want to stop watching. But I think it made everyone else, like everyone Possibly, in the arena, yes. when his music hit, popped for him. When he beat down all the security guards, everyone mm-hmm. went crazy for it. Like, totally. I, I think, despite everything they've done, it's worked, and I don't know. I don't. And I don't know whether maybe it's a cultural thing. Maybe like being covered in dog food for English people <laughs> isn't that big a deal. I don't know. Like, but the American, like the American audience, seems to be <laughs> yeah. like, no, Baron Corbin, he's a horrible dude. Yeah, and I want to see Roman Reigns beat the crap out of him. <laughs> I mean, hey, I, I said it on the the SmackDown review on, on Saturday. I said like, I really hate this story that they're doing. But Roman's getting monster reactions from this. Roman's getting Roman is getting monster reactions. Corbin is getting monster reactions. I think both guys are very good at what they're doing, and clearly the two of them working together is as sort of painful for wrestling fans of the last couple of years as it might be to see them yet again working together. Mm. This time it's working. This time, like that combination of him being king of the ring and having like his little legion of followers and all the weird stuff he's done. And Roman obviously having returned from his treatment and being on SmackDown now, but not also being just in the the top title picture automatically. Mm-hmm. Like this combination seems to be getting the act over. Yeah. As, and in a way it wasn't before. And I think you've got to respect that because I, I, I totally. like, I think this, this match was perfectly fine. It's not the exact sort of wrestling I really want to watch, but in a sort of like, WWE style match. This was probably the the premier example of it on this show. Mm-hmm. Like this was the most WWE booked match. Totally, and got the biggest reaction. Yeah, I mean, the match itself I thought was a pretty pants TLC match. It really didn't need to be a TLC match. I didn't no, think it's, it's December, Pete. What so you've got, got to do TLC. Understand about December. There is one thing in December <laughs> that we all do, Pete, isn't it? That one thing. Yeah. TLC, and TLC, it? it's TLC. Tables, ladders, and chairs, yeah, mate. That's, that's exactly what it is. Um, anyway, it gets to a point where Roman starts to come back after being beaten down by Corbin. He does an ooh runs around the ring for a spear through the barricade. Out comes Dolph Ziggler from out of nowhere, hits a super kick. Uh, they start assaulting some random timekeeper for some reason. Mm. Didn't get that bit, but sure, whatever. That was to give Reigns enough time to stand back up. Yeah. Uh, the Revival came out for some reason, despite them having no stakes in this match whatsoever. Hey, they're sometimes allies of Baron Corbin. But they're we not, though. They, they came out on SmackDown to assault the New Day because they've got a match against the New yeah, Day. Robert Roode had a health violation. <laughs> So, so they needed more people. No, we need more people. We could only spare those two. Sure. Uh, Corbin comes back. Reigns takes out everybody with a big dive. Uh, Ziggler hits him in the face with a chair and a zigzag and a shatter machine and an end of days on a chair. And then Corbin wins, which was something. This feud must continue, I guess, which I really don't want to see. But yeah. hey, I guess it's working for some people. So I, I think people, respect where respect is I due. think people were into it. Like, yeah, they were. I don't really know what the point of having four guys beat Roman Reigns down is because like, that's what they do. That's what they I do. Don't, I don't necessarily get the idea of like we we keep getting told that Roman Reigns is a locker room leader mm-hmm. and nobody ever helps him. He has no friends. Like, it's really weird. Yeah, um, it's very very strange. I don't get it. It's also like, dude just came back from having cancers. Like, mm-hmm. should definitely have some friends. You like, think? I feel like it's weird to shun him because of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Uh, anyway, we get the, the Ms. Bray Wyatt match after that, uh, which we spoke about earlier. And then we get the Rusev-Bobby Lashley tables match. <coughs> and this had, honestly, a quite inventive and funny video package going into it. It was like it was TMZ, but it had TLC in the corner. It was all kind of very much like hyping up like yeah. the ridiculous nature of this feud and divorces and fake pregnancies and restraining Goof- orders yeah, and arrests and all sorts of terrible like crap. Like weird goofy music and yeah, a sort of yeah, slightly yeah. cheesy tongue-in-cheek uh, voiceover. I liked this. Yeah, which was a fun video package. Uh, the match itself was a bit pants, but oh yeah, eh, what can you do? I, I mean, think only because Bobby Lashley doesn't understand tables. <laughs> <laughs> I think like... Do you know what I think? Like, he struggled. He looks so he looks much. Confi- every time he got one, he was like, "What do I do with it?" Yeah, like, do I, I, I don't understand how this. How do I make it go up? How do I, how do I make it go down? <laughs> that even played into the finish because they they go back and forth for a while. It's a match. It's whatever. Uh, but then the finish comes where Lana gets in and distracts Rusev. She hits, locks in a sleeper onto Rusev. Rusev kind of throws her off, and Lashley goes for a spear through a table in the corner, but the table's set up wrong so that the legs are up. So he kind of just go, bonk, off the table, and it doesn't break, and he goes, ah, uh, go over to the other corner, belly to belly into the other table that's in the other corner to finish. Yeah, I don't know whether he was supposed to do that anyway, because it felt like I that, don't think so. that happened quite smoothly, I thought, despite I... the non- I, I think he had a backup plan. And Rusev the, had and Rusev had like adjusted that, pre-adjusted that table just moments before that finale. That's true. I would be surprised if they attempted to do a spear through a table in a corner yeah. and intended to not break it though. Yeah, so there was I thought but, there were some cool little moments in this though. Uh, one bit I did like. Uh, I really liked they were sort of beating Rusev, Rusev up out on the outside and mm-hmm. Lashley just grabbed a table and just attempted to just smash it over Luke, uh, Rusev, which I just thought was like well, that's a just a completely unique mm-hmm. thing to do, and yeah, then it, it broke it, it over the ring post. Splinters over the ring post, and mm. like you're like, well, that could have been Rusev. And I thought that like that sold to me like how strong Bobby Lashley is. Certainly sold to me like the kind of like because um, I think you get into big big matches. I I just feel like table ladders and chairs or ladder matches or table matches because I think of where they come from. In my head, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, these are like for smaller tag team guys. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of who I envision being in these matches. Right. High flyers and that kind of thing. So when you get two powerhouses in this match, you kind of want to see a different take on the match. And I felt like this offered that. Yeah, that's very true. Um, Lashley won. This feud must continue, I guess. I don't know. Um, Street Profits are backstage talking what? about Lana and Lashley. But what are they even feuding about anymore? <laughs> Because if he's ha- if he's happy he's if he if Rusev is happy that Lana is marrying Lashley because he doesn't have to pay alimony yeah why does he care about the rest of it now surely if they're like oh we're getting a restraining order you just be like yeah whatever like and if that is the I end of the feud be near you anyway like, if that is the end of the feud that would be hilarious because Lashley mm. just won <laughs> Lashley, yeah. Lashley got the girl and won <laughs> yeah which is which is ridiculous because they've actually managed to make Rusev over. Again. Sort of, yeah. Like again, I think Rusev's over again. Yeah, like they've made him, got him over again, but they've also got him over as a face mm-hmm. with no uh, Aiden English or like anyone else doing the talking for him. Yeah. he's cutting his own promos now. He's saying his own things to people mm-hmm. backstage. So they've like, at least this has sort of positioned Rusev in, in a sort of a roundabout way as a single star in his own right mm-hmm. without without having to be like we have to lean on somebody else to do the, yeah. the talking for you because like Rusev I think he's an amazing promo he's oh, very he's great, funny yeah. like yeah. and it, they just didn't do that with him they haven't really done that with him before yeah yeah, so, yeah. that's true yeah 
Um, we cut afterwards to the Street Profits backstage talking about Lana and Lashley and whatever. Why? And then, and then, and then, and then, there's a big brawl, everyone. Look, look over there. It's Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin <laughs> who are punching out. But they weren't even talking about Lana and Lashley. They were, they were talking, well, they sort of were, what are your advice for Bobby Lashley? And you, Dawkins says, get a Get a vasectomy. Okay. One of your little swimmers turns into Michael into Phelps. Michael Phelps, then something, something, something. I don't know. I stopped paying attention. She's got then. you for the money, but it's like sure. she'll have you for the money if you're getting married. Yeah, exactly. Like, tell him not to know. get married. Yeah, I don't know. And then the brawl. And then they kind of stop and they go, "What's this?" And about like ten feet away, which they absolutely would have seen beforehand. Mm. Or Roman, heard coming down the corridor. Or heard the entire bloody locker room. Exactly. Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin, and they're fighting, and then suddenly the New Day's there, and then suddenly Buddy Murphy was there, and. Others were there. I didn't see everyone. And the street profits are like, "This looks fun." Stomp, stomp, stomp on some people. But and then, it, and then it cuts to an ad. Yeah. What was that? What? There's no reason for this brawl. They've already had a match. I'm sorry, Corbin but... won. Unless Roman instigated the brawl, why did the New Day come and help Roman now when they didn't help him in the match? Look, there were many. What? There are many issues. One of them is also why are the street profits there? <laughs> They don't have a match. Screen time. I, I'm bored of them just being places I and know. doing stuff. Like, I know. Stop it. At least they faced the Viking Raiders and lost in about two minutes on Raw, which is great. You yeah, know, wonderful. really puts them over. Yeah, no, massive. Yeah. Anyway, then it's time. After after that cut, so that brawl ends, we get to the main event, which <coughs> is the Kabuki Warriors versus Charlotte and Becky for the uh, Women's Tag Team Championships. Now, we could go through every spot in this match, but there's a lot of them. So I think it's probably just better to, to talk about the elephant in the room, which is what happened to Kyrie Sane. So at some point in the match, and this hasn't been confirmed yet, as of as far as our knowledge goes, this hasn't been confirmed yet. However, it seemed pretty obvious that at some point in this match, Kyrie Sane picked up what looked like a concussion. There's several spots where it could have happened. There was she threw tried to throw a chair in the ring and it bounced off and, and we think it hit her back in the face. Mm-hmm. There was uh, apparently when Becky Lynch was clearing monitors off an announce table, one of them hit Kyrie in the back of the head. There was chair shots. There was a suplex into the barricade where uh, her head could have hit the concrete in between the mat and the barricade. That like it was the one. There was so many spots where mm-hmm. Kyrie took loads of punishment on her head that at some point she got a concussion. At some point she was knocked loopy. And the match kind of got a bit derailed after that. Yeah. The spots weren't quite right. There was a lot of botching, a lot of sloppiness. And that's not necessarily her fault because, you know, she was concussed. But it did kind of drag the match down a little bit. And then it got to a point where it seemed like Charlotte kind of snapped. And it's really hard to tell whether everyone in the match knew about Kyrie having a concussion. And then Charlotte just kind of went screw it and had a temper tantrum like randy orton used to do and and like she was swearing throughout this match she said enough of this s word and like goes ham basically she she does a power bomb to Kyrie Sane through a table and it looked pretty obvious that Kyrie Sane didn't want to take that bump as she was going up she was sandbagging to the hardest degree whether or not she actually wanted to be up or not and physically couldn't or whether she just didn't want to take the move mm. we don't know but when she got to the top, she was hitting Charlotte's arm like I, I, she looked uncomfortable being there. And Charlotte just went, nope, and just put her through the table. Mm-hmm. And then after that, Kyrie was just kind of out of it. She yeah. was just gone from the rest of the match. Like Asuka went and did a, a quick German to Charlotte and then went and checked on Kyrie. And she was down. And she was like, uh, 
are you actually okay? And Kyrie's like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> I am not okay. I'm in the wreckage of a table right now. I'm awful. She was, she could barely stand. It was really like, it really dragged the match down and it really takes you out of the kayfabe because you're like, oh, she's actually hurt. Yeah. I really don't want to see this well, there's, anymore. So there's a bit after that where Asuka gets them back in the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're, they're there sort of trying to go up the ladders and Becky and Charlotte get in the ring with chairs. Mm-hmm. And Becky goes to hit Asuka. Asuka's like, I'll take that. Take that. Charlotte rushes at Kyrie, and Kyrie just runs to the other side of the ring past Asuka. Yeah. And then, in fact, just sort of falls down in front of Becky and mm-hmm. lets Becky lightly hit her with the chair. Exactly. Rather than let Charlotte do it. So I don't yeah. like. I don't. I don't know what's going was going yeah. on. We don't know yet. All but... I like. I think realistically, I think there was a massive miscommunication across the board in the match because people weren't like you could kind of feel the moment where. Kyrie was out of it. Mm-hmm. And then there was, I don't think anyone realized properly until the point where Asuka was getting her out of the table that Charlotte had already put her through. Yeah. That in my head felt like the moment, the first time anyone had actually spoken to her and been mm-hmm. like, are you okay? Yeah. And they had a really long conversation about it. And she was like, I'm like, she, you, I'm could, messed you up. could look in her face and see her saying like, I'm, I'm really messed up. Yeah. And then they get in the ring and then she runs away and then Becky sort of hits her and she quite quickly powders outside. And as Becky goes to chase her, they have a conversation on the outside, mm-hmm. seemingly. Yeah. And, you know, like for the rest of the match, basically at that point, Becky basically just holds her on the outside and yep. then puts her down. Yeah. So, so like that's, that's while that's happening, Asuka and Charlotte do the big power bomb through the, uh, to the table on the outside mm-hmm. that, that might have also injured might Charlotte. Also injured Charlotte, yeah. Um, and then Becky gets in the ring and has the final moment with Asuka. Mm-hmm. I think like it was quite uncomfortable viewing overall the match yeah. after the point where you realise that Kyrie was quite hurt. Mm-hmm. I do still think it was a good match. It's hard to like, say because I, I think if you look at the kayfabe-ness <coughs> of the match, if you take out the Kyrie injury for a second, mm-hmm. it was a good match. There yeah. was some good, there were some inventive spots like uh, Becky Lynch got tied up to a ladder with some rope. Like the finishing spot, Becky was climbing the ladder. Asuka grabbed that rope that was on the ladder and pulled the ladder over yeah. using I the rope, was which was a, a really inventive spot. Really, really cool. But I think it's just that elephant in the room of you can see that some people are really injured and it's like, I don't want to see them getting hurt. And then you yeah. see this baby face come up and possibly intentionally try to like injure someone. It's like, it's a bit like, I, you, I, I don't, I, I don't want to watch that. I don't know. I, I feel like I don't, I don't think she knew. I don't know. I don't my, know. Man. Like my reading of it was like, I don't think she knows. And I, I, I get like people are saying like this because the spear doesn't go well. And then she slaps mm-hmm. her. She slaps. Yeah. She goes for a spear. Kyrie just kind of crumples because she can't do a proper bump to take it. And then Charlotte just goes and just yeah. slaps her straight over the face straight afterwards. Like, if she, I think if she knew that she was concussed, she wouldn't have done that. Well, that's unless she's having a proper temper tantrum, but no, but and I can't tell I, which one it is. Mean. So, like, if she, but if, so if she knew she's concussed and she slaps her, that's really bad. Yes. But also, if she doesn't know and she slaps her, yeah, that's good because what's like not in terms of, not for Kyrie obviously, but that's mm. good in terms of like being a wrestler and trying to sell something that's gone badly because she's done the spear. She knows it didn't go well. Mm. So doing that is like I'm being dominant. I'm like. It's, I'm trying to make a move that looked really rubbish look good. 
I still think that's way too heelish, though. She's not playing a babyface very well, if she does that. She's she's never played a babyface very well. I know! Then I why is she a babyface? What are you talking about? She's, she's, just, <laughs> she's a Charlotte. She's not a, a babyface. She's, she's a, a Charlotte. She's a she's terrible babyface. It's not like... She's a terrible babyface. No, but, like, but both... I think both Becky and Charlotte brought fire to this match. Yes. That wasn't, like... Babyface fire. It is a Becky's fire is very much like a. It's a straight fire. It's a, no. It's a fire of like I'm trying to put the hurt on you because yeah. I'm, you know, I'm like the top dog. Mm-hmm. And I think Charlotte equally has tried to bring that. And like this was part of what everyone was like when they were they were having their feud at the end of last year. Yeah, heading into like man season, <laughs> uh, whatever you want to call it. But like you know, th- th- Charlotte has been doing that sort of mirrored. I'm the baby face, I'm the heel, I'm the this mm-hmm. whatever it is version of Charlotte for a while. And I think, yeah. you know, the the how, like, I'm fired up Charlotte is this version of Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I just, it's, it's kind of impossible to say really, like, what right now, yes. Here. Um, so it's a bit uncomfortable to watch. But I think, like, if you take it as, if you take it, let's say, let's say everyone was on board with what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe that's maybe the only way to judge it at this exact moment in time until we know more. I think despite all the things that went wrong, it still was a clever match that had moments of like like proper like high moments, smart moments, things mm-hmm. that made you go, oh, I can't believe they've done that. That's really cool. This is really interesting. Um, and that's how I'm kind of taking it to be like, well, even and and even more props to Kyrie Sane to, for getting mm-hmm. through that match. Totally, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And mostly it being okay. Yeah. And Asuka absolutely carried it as well oh, after yes. after taking care of Kyrie, It was awesome. But yeah, so the finishing spot came when Becky was climbing the ladder. Asuka pulls the rope that's still attached to the ladder, pulls the ladder over. Becky kind of, uh, you know, almost throats herself on, on the ropes uh, and Asuka takes it to the outside and then Asuka climbs up and takes the titles off, which was cool. Kabuki Warriors retained, which is nice. Um, but you can't stay on, for, on that for too long because we've got a brawl to do, ladies and gents. Asuka's there for about maybe five seconds, grabs the titles, <coughs> no replays, no music, no celebration of that. The music starts for a second. For a second and just cuts straight away because that same brawl that we saw before the main event started, like 40 minutes ago, is still happening and spills out into the arena. This looked like it was for the 24-7 championship. It was just a, 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 a mess of people going, yeah. and that was it. And then there was Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin. They went up a little stage, and Roman hit a spear onto Corbin. Everyone fell down, and the feet cut off. And that's your show. Yeah. What? What? What was that for? What was the point? I think because they had. We've just had Survivor Series recently, in which yeah. every single show ended with a brawl. <laughs> They've forgotten that you don't have to do that. I know. Yeah. Oh, God. It, it was a very strange way to do it. I don't know what the point was, but. But I don't. I don't know what the point is when you're talking about it in in the sense that it's like um, we're trying to get over the idea that like Roman has no friends. Yeah. And then suddenly he's got friends here, Mm -hmm. but we're not saying who they are. They're not coming to his aid in matches. They're not standing by his side to face off against Corbin's kingdom or whatever Mm -hmm. we're going to call them. Like, you know. So it it just now is just this weird locker room brawl for Mm -hmm. no reason. Yeah. For also for like for a bunch of people also whose matches resolved perfectly fine. So like the New Day are involved in this brawl, but they won their match against the Revival and mm-hmm. they kind of got their, their you know there was no shenanigans in there. That was a straight laced 
yeah. fair wrestling contest. Yeah. And then they now they're just chucking themselves in at this brawl because what they're mates with Roman? Like I don't know. Because we don't know not, because they, they didn't help earlier. You've not explained it. Exactly, yeah. Um, overall, I thought this was probably like a high two out of five show. Mm-hmm. I think the first, like the pre-show match and the opening two matches I thought were really, really good. The rest of it was a little bit, mm-hmm. even though I like really like the character work from Bray and like the Brian return. The match itself was a bit pants. The main event could have been a lot better, but I think it was held back by Kyrie getting concussed and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think high two out of five low three out of five maybe for the show yeah it's not it wasn't an amazing pay-per-view yeah. I think there were matches that were like good and you could see glimmers of hope in them mm-hmm. uh, WWE did not do enough work in making you care about anything that was happening on this show because none of the matches were announced funnily enough until <laughs> yeah. last week yeah um, and I just yeah and I think we were saying that earlier and it is a shame that um, it's a shame to think that like they open this show going, well, this is the last pay-per-view of the decade. Yeah. And you could have done a decade retrospective mm-hmm. pay-per-view, something that like encapsulated whatever this era of WWE is, had surprise guests, had once-in-a-lifetime matches, had all of this stuff, if you just weren't so beholden to the idea that December is TLC month. And also, if December wasn't TLC month, you wouldn't have to put your Kabuki Warriors in a TLC match against Becky and Charlotte. You wouldn't have to, like we wouldn't have to have five of the same match basically on one night mm-hmm. because, you know, weirdly there wasn't a chairs match. Um, but Thank like, God. But you know what I mean? It's, it's like, we. I feel like I want to go back to a world in which these matches are special and for the right mm-hmm. reasons and not just for the sake of it because people are getting concussed now. Yeah. And like, basically, yeah, I mean, like a lot of people got injured in the regular straight wrestling matches, but a lot of people seemingly got injured in all the really dangerous matches yeah. that we're just having because it's dangerous match month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe we should think about that. Probably, yes, I'd say so. Let's get into them. So, uh, Kodiak 1984 said Charlotte was reckless in the match. She should have been more careful. It showed she isn't as great as many believe. I think so. I think she was a bit reckless in this one. Because I think... It, even if she didn't know that something was wrong with Kyrie, she might have taken it a bit too far, I think. Because if she didn't know something was wrong with Kyrie, she was just getting annoyed because she was sandbagging. So Maybe, then she was like, yeah. spear slap. Just, you know, ruining your microphone as I do that. Yeah. But she like speared her and like slapped her and it's like, well, you don't need to do that. Well, like I said, I think, it, I think that might have been also just coverage for it not being a very good spear. But then don't actually slap her. You know well, what I mean? Like, what Like... You know, actually slapping someone is probably like one of the safer things to do if they're not so. concussed. And you know, like you know, I don't know. It's just really hard because you don't know what you don't know what's going on. And I think the thing with a lot of the women's matches in WWE, especially these big um, event matches, mm-hmm. are they're scripted out the wazoo. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, so I think when someone went, goes wrong like that, yeah. it's str- it's a struggle for them to get back on. So like, on when, track. like when you, yeah, this realistically, this match should have gone. When Asuka got to her at the table mm-hmm. and she said, I'm injured, yeah. Asuka should have called a referee over, said, she's out. We're yeah. doing this match, just me and these guys now. Mm-hmm. And then you, we'll just, go to the finish. you just go to the finish. And you, you could have, ba- like, and they were, ba- they were basically at the finish anyway. So mm-hmm. you could have just done, you know, uh, 
Becky runs in with a chair. Asuka manages the duck. Charlotte's one knocks Becky out of the ring. They do the powerbomb spot. Mm-hmm. Becky and Asuka end up in the ring for the finale. Yep. Finale happens. Exactly. Like, it's yeah. just, it, I think a lot of this stuff that happened with Kyrie, fortunately, seemingly only happened in the last five minutes of the match anyway. So, like, it's a shame because it could have been avoided a lot of it. But she was either struggling through a lot of the match while a bit woozy. Mm-hmm. And then there was a knock-on effect of, like, she took a few too many bumps and then she was just literally out. Um, but, yeah, I just, I, it was. It felt like it was just the last sort of stretch and that was sort of what they must have felt like was the crescendo of the match. So it's hard to be like, was Charlotte actually being reckless mm-hmm. or was she just doing the spots that led to the end because they knew that was the end? Yeah. Uh, Nate Drop's surname said, Cracker Barrel match is better than the KFC match, Chicken Wars. <laughs> <laughs> That's the match we need to see. The chicken war match. Uh, Clifford Miller said... Uh, the elimination what? bucket. <laughs> uh, Clifford Miller says, was the brawl to hype up the Royal Rumble? Possibly. <sighs> they didn't explain it. Yeah. And even if they said, oh, all these stars are going to be in the Royal Rumble in January, it still wouldn't have been good. King Corbin, Royal Rumble. Oh, God. Stop it. Uh, we've got some general WWE-related super chats now. Jobber JJ said, uh, Miz is wrestling and Sammy is a manager. Sink that in. Mm-hmm. I mean, Miz is a decent wrestler. There's nothing inherently wrong with him wrestling. He's just not like a top wrestler, is all. He's a very good character, though. He's a very good promo. Yeah. He's a very good actor. He's just not the best in-ring wrestler. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. I, ju- I just, Yeah, I just think you you normally book people to cover their weaknesses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's not really what happened in this match. Yeah, but that's fine. true. Uh, this match was like, Miz, just do all your stuff. Yeah, that's literally Which it, yeah. doesn't, you know, like... Which isn't as over. What maybe yeah. you shouldn't do if it's the Miz. Um, Crazy Lewis, who's a WrestleTalk.com writer, said, uh, will there be a WWE-style wedding for Lana and Lashley? Also, keep up the great work, guys. Smiling emoji. Um, yeah. Yeah, Big probably. Time. Oh, yeah. And Rusev will interrupt it because this feud must continue for yeah. whatever reason, even though he's happy that they're getting married. Won't make any sense, but it's going to happen anyway. Who do you think is going to officiate? Slick. Like he did for Daniel Bryan and AJ at Raw 1000. Reverend Devon. That's also a good shout. Start recording said Jack Gallagher should be in SmackDown to help bolster the roster a little bit. I think he could stand out. And plus, he's really good. He is He great. is really good. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. Start recording again said I kind of want Alistair Black's first proper feud to be against Drew McIntyre. Just imagine the badass stiff fight they would have. That would be great. I love mm-hmm. that. Uh, Wrestle Talk related Super Chats now. Erica Duran, uh, Luke Owen's real number one fan, said, uh, My favorite tatted beanie wearing bearded guys are back. Uh, didn't get a chance to watch TLC last night, but getting to watch the review now. Heart emoji. Well, thank you very much, Erica. You're great. Dina Seesaw said, Hey guys, haven't been able to Super Chat in a while because of work and school, so here's a Super Chat to let y'all know how super awesome you are. No, you're oh, super awesome. Thanks. Thank you very much, Dina. Uh, Danny Trashman DeVito said, uh, British dudes be like bloke. I love your wrestling talk. Be like bloke. Wrestling talk, Just as, a, as yeah. Sammy Guevara called us <laughs> the other day. Support wrestling talk, everybody. And uh, miscellaneous super chat here. Deej the second said, uh, WWE adjacent moment. American footballer Jason Kittle does Penta's Ferro Miedo, and Fox commentary says that he's doing Seth Rollins' Zero Fear. Mm. Awful. Good job, commentators. Yeah, you know. Idiots. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 